Okay, so well, let's just do this. All right, guys, um, ladies, gents, boys, and girls, welcome to um, yet another episode of the First Exhibited Podcast. Well, long time no see. Haven't recorded in a while. Uh, maybe I promised we were going to record so many episodes this year, but then again, it is what it is. So much has been happening, so much so that um, we just have to take it one step at a time. I feel a little bit rusty, but we're back. Um, national football, or should I say African Cup of Nations, um, football has come and gone and now we are back to club football to talk about champions league talk about the um if there's anything like the title race in the english premier league and every other league that you can think of my name is Ruti Midramala, but people call me papi the great on twitter p-a-p-i underscore the great for more podcast content of course you'll find it on twitter one for the goals o-n-e-f-o-r-t-h-e-g-o-a-l-s and one of the major goals of this podcast is to um bring football fans from across the globe to share their views, their perspective about uh, what they are seeing when it comes to the round leather game. And today, yes, I have a guest with me. I once, I saw his, um, I, 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 of course, I met him on Twitter and um, I saw his um, article on um, um, BTLVid. Of course, he would shed more light into that. Um, but basically, his name is Chunde and um, yeah, my um, guest, welcome. This is how we do it on the podcast. You introduce yourself, your name, the club you're supporting, and um, if you have any, um, the club that you hate the most or you detest the most or you do not like at all. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, my name is Tunde Young, and yeah, I'm a Chelsea fan. And can I list two clubs that I detest? Because I do <laughs> not <laughs> so like. Barcelona and uh, Manchester United. Oh, wow. Why? Let me see. Are you, you're a Chelsea fan, right? Yes. Uh, okay, so what's the hate for Barcelona? I mean... Um, I think they're Chelsea's biggest rival outside of England. I think they're even bigger rivals than some English clubs. Also, ah. also um, from a personal viewpoint, they cost me a lot of pain, to be honest. And, <laughs> And the annoying thing is they were such cheats while already being good. We already admit, actually the Guardiola Barcelona team, you put together probably the best team in football history, and then you still go ahead to cheat. I, I, I can never like that club, and I'm glad that they're in current uh, turmoil, and I hope they never get out of it. Uh, which reminds me, um, when you mentioned Barcelona, of course, the one of the bi- um, biggest things that came to my mind has to be the um, the era where Mourinho under Chelsea under Mourinho traveled to Barcelona and there was so much controversy and of course the overable controversy also the Iniesta goal so many mm-hmm. there's so there's so much history um, between Chelsea and Barcelona but before we get into all the nitty gritty let's talk about and today the Chelsea fan um, Chelsea just winning the FIFA World Club Cup for you um, what next for Chelsea from here um Normally, yeah, you should obviously win the league, but realistically, that's not going to happen this season. So, um, on the context of this season, I'll say Chelsea is still pretty much in every cup competition. So, I'll say go as far mm. as you can, uh, win the Carabao Cup. That's literally what's next. Uh, final at the end of this month against Liverpool, win that, um, get, go as far as you can in the FA Cup, probably make it to the final and win that as well. Champions League back to back is not likely, not impossible, but also realistically not likely. But I would, I'll take that anytime any day over over a Premier League draw. Mm. 
you said you've mentioned realistically twice and said the last minute or there about uh, what is realistically um, hampering Chelsea from winning the league this season. Please don't say Manchester City. Uh, that's that's the biggest reason. To be <laughs> because um, look, football fans have kind of forgotten what it was like. What your team, no matter how good your team was, no team wins every game until Manchester City came along. This, this is what we're witnessing is not normal. Like I feel like even if Chelsea was doing the best they could, which they are not, but even if they were, they would still fall short of this Manchester City team. I think they've won the, like 12, 13 straight games in the league. We've, we've not seen dominance like this. Uh, and nobody wants to admit it. The ones that do admit it don't want to speak loudly enough about it. Uh, so I, I really don't think there's anything you can. Yeah, okay. Let me speak about what else you can do better because there's a lot else you can do better. I'll probably uh, figure out a pattern that that can get the striker involved. Uh, mm-hmm. We always said we always said we needed a, a proper striker, a confident striker. Uh, but we spent 50 million on a striker two years ago. Spent 50 million on a striker. I spent 100 million on the tracker last summer, and that, that's just too many consecutive mistakes. I, so I, 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 at this point, I'm willing to consider that it's the system and not just, not just the players themselves. I don't think you can. Just have only had two good strikers in I think the last decade, Drogba and Diego Costa. That's it. That that's the list. And uh, that many flops, I think you have to like look at something in the system. I don't I don't think it. How do you consecutively make that many mistakes in signing a proper striker? So I, 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 for one, I decided to shift the blame away from uh, Lukaku, Werner, whoever else we've signed that's as underperforming at the moment, and <clears throat> yeah, ask to go to work around, work, work around what we have. That's basically. It. Uh, sorry, Drogba and did you say Costa as the two yeah, yeah, best players? How did you even come? How did you even come up with that claim? I mean, Chelsea has had what Lampard. Chelsea has no, had. I was I was talking I was talking specifically centre forwards. Like we've oh, only oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh. of the centre forwards we signed we've signed over the last almost two decades now. Only Shevchenko. I'm just throwing out names here. Yeah, yeah I think you are just clutching at straws really. I've just <laughs> the guys that eat it at Chelsea. And I think that's way too many mistakes in a row to keep blaming the players. I think it's at, at this point we have to look at the system. What is wrong with Lukaku? Okay, um, here's my personal beliefs. I believe if players come in and they don't hit the ground running, obviously confidence starts to take a hit. Then it, the, the longer it goes on, the, the worse it just starts to look. It happened with Torres. It took him about what 10, 11 games to score his first goal. Uh, I think I genuinely believe that's what happened with Werner too. And as I said, at, at some point we have to start looking at the system. There has to. Be something. If you, if you are if you are willing to spend hundred million on a player, you should be at least willing to play to his strengths. That's that's that is what I believe, and I don't think Chelsea have been have been uh, playing to his strengths. I think at this point, basically, he has his faults. I, 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 I'm not I'm not absorbing of anything. Ultimately, the box stops with him. Uh, he should he should he has to elevate his performances, and he has not done himself any favors with his with his uh, with his comments off the field as well. So, but. Yeah, what is wrong with Lukaku is a very broad statement. Only Lukaku can answer that, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay.
okay, I didn't see that coming. Um, well, maybe only Lukaku can answer that, um, and he probably chose to go on that rant in that interview, which I'd rather um, we know we do not dwell on. Um, I don't think that was as uh, professional as it comes. But then again, now speaking of Tunde, Tunde is my guest, and um, you can find Tunde on Twitter, um, Tunde underscore Young. Yes, on Twitter at Tunde underscore Young. Tunde is um, how do I put it now? He's a reporter for Pulse Sports. We'll get to that. But let's quickly touch on what just happened recently on the continent. Senegal, finally, after so many years of pain and um, heartbreak, they finally laid their hands on the African Cup of Nations um, trophy, defeating the pharaohs of Egypt. For you, out, outrightly, where the Senegalese, the best team on display um, in that tournament that took place in Cameroon just a few days ago. No. No. Is there, is there a more emphatic way to say no? Um, <laughs> from the from from your from your viewpoint, they did deserve it. Yeah? They, they've gone so many years and they didn't lose in the final uh, in 2019. So I suppose this was supposed to serve as reprieve, and it does. And they do have the most talented squad on paper. They, are, they have so many big names playing in so many big clubs. But this team is. I've watched them, I've studied them, and, and I think the last time I've been impressed with them, I think, was in the build-up to the 2018 World Cup. Their football is not that great for the kind of resources that they have, and I genuinely believe they've underperformed a lot under Lucy. I think a coach that knows what he's doing, no offense to him, but I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like I think a coach that knows what he's doing would have you know, made much more progress with this team. Uh, but you can't, it's one of those that everybody looks at the results and at some point if you talk about it too much you start looking like a crazy person because you can't really argue that much with results you can't call for someone that doesn't want the half count to be sacked the, the Senegal sits uh, top of top of the camp and this team consistently finds trouble dealing with teams that don't allow them to play on the counter they have zero creativity cannot break teams down they play midfield three of ball winners how do you line up three ball winning midfielders in a starting lineup I, it's a rookie uh, at this point i can't even call it a mistake anymore because it does it all the time at least it's speaking of so um no i'm clearly not that impressed with senegal although i am happy for them i'm happy for edward mendy i'm happy for i'm happy for all of them they, they've been through they've been, yeah they've been, the entire country has been waiting for this for a long time you can see it from the reception they got uh, when they were back home in senegal but i don't rate them very highly as, as a unit Mm. Uh, so many things to touch on. You don't, of course, the Senegalese not being rated. I need to ask you. So, which team did you rate the highest? Um, I'm the African Cup of Nations. I'm about to sound very hypocritical right now, but Nigeria, yes. <laughs> I know how odd it okay. sounds to not rate the team that won it, but to rate the team that got crashed out at the round of 16. I know, how, I know what it sounds like. But look, Nigeria's three group stage games. We're pretty much as good as it got for any team in this in this tournament, and I do believe the, the loss to Tunisia was a one-off, was a uh, tactical gaff, whatever you want to call it. But it was a one-off. Play that game ten times, Nigeria wins nine times out of ten. The only one time that Tunisia would win happened to be the one game that they did win. So I I, I genuinely believe that as using the Afcon as evidence, Nigeria is the best all-round team. They not they don't have the best attack per se but they have a good enough attack and a good enough defense and a good enough midfield 
that it does we don't particularly excel in, in any um part of the game compared to other teams but we are just about good enough in every part to form a solid uh team and i that's 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 why I, i'm usually not not quite if, if you know me well enough you'll be surprised but i'm usually not very optimistic about the survivors but i like this team i like what i saw in the first three games and i'm refusing to let that one loss against tunisia change my mind i think i'm of, I'm of the opinion that if that nigerian team didn't get knocked out knocked out in that um round of 16 fixture i think they could have made it all the way to the finals but then again um it is what it is and um we did not have the nigerian team in the final as much as I do not want to dwell on the Nigerian team. And let me just ask you this, um, Tunde, for you, where did Nigeria get it wrong? And I know we've spoken about it back and forth. We have we have hammered the point. We have we have spoken about it again and again and again. But for the sake of this conversation that we are, myself and you are having, or you and I are having for the um, correctness of correctness of English um where did Nigeria get it wrong? Was it Eguavon? Was it the player? Was it the red card? Was it not taking chances? Where did we get it wrong in that game against the North Africans? Um, I think it, it was a little bit of both, mixed between Eguavon and the players. Um, Nigeria started most, about every of the three games before that, Nigeria started on the first foot explosively. Against Tunisia, they were more cautious, probably because the stakes were higher. It is a knockout game. And they didn't assert their dominance early enough as soon as the second half started things changed they they, they were moving this with a lot more urgency yes they hadn't created a chance yet but you would expect that if they kept on playing like that until that soccer punch of a goal uh came and uh, shout out to maduka okay by the way <laughs> that soccer punch of a goal and um we it, there was just no recovery from that even though nigeria progressively got uh better and as soon as something starts to look look up everything that can go wrong seems to go wrong you will be red card even with red card nigeria was the better team for the final uh 20 25 minutes of that game i think anybody can attest to that so it was just a case of everything going wrong the manager didn't react quickly enough we we're getting double team on the wings because everybody knows that that's where the danger area was because simon was getting team Samuel Chukwese was getting double team although i think that was a waste of double team anyway it wasn't doing anything the entire tournament Ouch. but still Ouch. Ouch. okay <laughs> The plan of the Tunisians was obvious. Double team neutralized the, the wide areas. And at that point, what the manager needed to do was to adjust to a plan B. So it was either a case of him not being spontaneous or they never even had a plan B. And as bad as that sound, um, I'll give him the benefit of it out because he took charge of the team quite, you know, um, very close to the AFCON. So I understand if all attention was devoted to making plan A work and they didn't have enough time to, you know, sort of drum up a contingency plan mm-hmm. that what happens when we get shut down. So now that is the is the guy in charge along with Amunike, of course, I think I think with more time, I think we can see an improvement against against Ghana. But even with that, I still think that it could have been more spontaneous in that game. Like just it's, it's basic math. If you are using two men to uh, guard one player, that means there's a hole somewhere. The extra guy did not come off the bench. He came from the pitch. Attack that hole. It is, I, I don't know why he didn't do it early enough on time. And when he did want to do it, it will be sweat card uh, messed things up. So it was just a case of everything that could go wrong went wrong. And that's why I tend to give them the benefit of the doubt. Hmm. Uh... 
I was going through a few of the articles that you've written um, for um, BTL Vid. Shout out to Zach Lewy, by the way. Probably we'll just touch on him for like a few seconds more. Um, before I touch on Zach and also before I touch on um, the articles that you have written and which one is the, 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 the best for you or should I say the most memorable, you spoke about creating chances and I need to just quickly um, have a bit of uh, a mix of both, by the way. Let's see if we can make a hamburger out of all those different layers of football content. Um, you mentioned creating chances and I want to take you back to and uh, as far back as just yesterday night, of course. Um, Sporting Lisbon failed to register a shot on target, same as Real Madrid against PSG. Um, when it comes to chances creation and not taking your chances when it matters the most, um, how do you bring it into perspective for Sporting and Real Madrid going into the second leg? Of course, maybe we should not even talk, mention Lisbon. They considered five, so um, that, that tie is as good as dead and gone. However, PSG, Real Madrid, Real Madrid not, not creating chances, not enough to bother Donnarumma in goal. Are they in trouble at the Benabal next, well, in the next leg, wherever they play it? Um, they are not in trouble yet. Um, that's it. But for, for Lisbon, the draw, the game was over the minute the draws were made. So that was... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that can't be They tried. I think they did well in the group stages, didn't they? Yes, they they did just about enough because um, Dortmund and Besiktas were not anywhere near the level required. But they 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 they, they don't have anything to be sad about. It was Manchester City. Everybody loses to Manchester City. Anyway, uh, for Real Madrid, I think it's, it's, it's was it was a tactical gap for Manchester City. It was because I don't know what the plan was. Yeah, I get it. Going away from home, you want to be solid defensively. You don't want to give too much away. But there has to be an outlet, especially for a big club. I, I, I did not understand what... Okay, I, was, I sat down and I was thinking, what is the end goal Yeah, Do you want a goal as well? There's no away goal advantage anymore or anything. So what does that do for you? I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get it, honestly. And I, I feel like PSG um, are the only reason Real Madrid have hope in the second leg. Because PSG really should have should have run them ragged and killed that game off, but for some reason they didn't and Real Madrid will play or they should let me not say they, they should play like the Real Madrid we've come to expect at Benabal and I think PSG might end up getting knocked out of this of this time. Uh just for um emphasis sake I'm trying to see if I can yes um Real, PSG recorded 21 shots in that game as compared to Real Madrid 3. So if you're wondering what Sunday is talking about when he said Ancelotti came into this one almost as good as clueless. Well, there you have it. 21 shots as come. I think this is the lowest shot or attempt um, total that I've seen a Real Madrid team manage in a game. They were awful. They were difficult to watch. And um, I don't think, uh, well, it will be the same at the Benabal. But then again, PSG have that one goal lead. No away goals like Tunde mentioned. And uh, speaking of no away goals, brings me to the next set of fixtures that, we're going to be, that are going to be played later today, by the way. We're recording this on a Wednesday, the 16th of February 2022. So that's where we can talk about the Inter Liverpool game and, of course, the Salzburg Bayern Munich game. And for you, Tunde, Inter, um, um, I forgot his name now, Simone Izagi. Yes, I, yes, yes, I got that right. Yeah. The gaffer at Inter up against um, a German Jurgen Klopp. No away, no away goals here, also. Uh, for you, um, 
what is your take on this game? Inter doing fairly well for themselves in the, in the Serie A. We can say the same about Liverpool, who are practically on um, a goose, wild goose chase right now in trying to stop Manchester City from winning the Premier League title. For you, how do you see this one playing out? Um, for me, this is uh, the tie of the round of 16 um, fixtures. For me, this is my favourite. It's, it's just... It's, Two teams that are just very good going forward. It's not. I, I, it's, I don't expect this to be anything like the, like the PSG Real Madrid game or at this. But there's no there's no reason to expect them to not. Uh, sorry about that. My phone was ringing. But there's no reason to um, to expect these two teams to not attack, to not go all out and go at each other. Inter have Eddie Dzeko who is in very good form, and it's not even a start that most people don't realize that. Because for some reason people don't seem to watch the Serie A that much, but he's not. He's, he's, he's been a potent weapon of the bench for them, and he's that all squad. He has twelve goals already, and um, you know everybody knows what Liverpool offers. So um, this this one and no away goal. If there was a away goal, even Liverpool will be Liverpool. We saw we've seen them at, at the San Siro already this season, and um, I think it was a two two nil two one win against AC Milan. Uh, in the group stages at, at the San Siro, without majority of their key players, they were resting players uh, for that game, and they still came up trumps. So, in, in, in what is like you said, uh, Manchester City are running away with with the Premier League title. So you would expect that um, Liverpool are looking at the Champions League as their realistic opportunity to win one of the big two trophies. The Premier League might be out of it, but the Champions League they are still very much in. And I think I, I, I think they'll go for it, but I, I I'm begging I'm begging for an upset. The Inter winning would be would be an would be, be a slight upset, even though they are they are you know joint top of the of the Serie A right now. It, it, everybody still expects Liverpool to win, but I I, I really hope Inter will do it. For the sake for the sake of the Champions League, I'm also hoping that at least for the sake of the fastiness and the unpredictability of the UEFA Champions League, I'm really hoping, and just like Tunde, um, that there is some sort of upset in this one. And speaking of upsets, uh, before I touch on breaking the lines, I'll just probably keep pushing down until the end of this um, conversation. Um, there was a player whose magical skills, whose unpredictability, whose um, <clears throat> Football playing genius city. I just made that one up right now. Don't bother looking through the dictionary. I don't think it's there. Um, upset so many fans across the world. However, it also equally gave joy to so many fans in the world. Um, the reason why I'm bringing this player up is because I am going through currently an article that Tunde wrote for um, breaking the lines, and one of the name has to be has to be one name. It has to be um, they call him some call him the original Ronaldo, some call him the um, El Fenomeno, um, some others call him um, Ronaldo the Poacher. You it can go on and on and on and on like that. His real name Ronaldo Luis Nazario de Lima. Some call him de Lima. Real Madrid legends. Real Madrid claiming him as a legend. Um, AC Milan will claim him as their legend. Um, so many clubs will claim him as their legend. Not forgetting Inter Milan. Um, for you today, um, why did you choose to write about um, Ronaldo when it comes to your series? Of course, I, I, I noticed you had a series for the brand, the mystifying a legend. Uh, you wrote um, um, about gigs. You also wrote about a few other players. But why did you opt for Ronaldo um, in this piece? And uh, what did you find out when you were making your research about the player or the ex-football uh, player right now? I opted for Ronaldo 
based on one of the terms you used in the introduction of this piece, actually. The, the term, the original Ronaldo, I've always found it very demeaning to to Cristiano Ronaldo. And that was basically the, the premise that I've, normally demystifying a legend targets um, people that have been overrated in their careers. But this mm. time around, I wasn't, I wasn't saying Jelima Ronaldo was overrated. I was targeting that term, the original Ronaldo, that if at all it should be used, I think Cristiano has done enough to have wrestled that name away from Delima. So that was the premise. And as, yeah, from, but it was, it was the fun article to research uh, because apparently, and most people my age don't know this, but um, Ronaldo was not even the only Ronaldo on his team. I think that was the most interesting thing I found out, and it was right at the start of the article. I think in the Olympic team uh, that played against Nigeria, funny enough, there were three Ronaldos in that team, and for whatever reason, all of them were older than him, so and nobody called those guys the original Ronaldo. In fact, he didn't go by Ronaldo. <laughs> he didn't go by Ronaldo at that tournament. His name, the name on his jersey was not Ronaldo. They had to use another name because of the clash with the number of Ronaldos in the Brazilian team. So that means it was. It, it, you know, it was outranked by the other Ronaldos, but nobody seems to use that term, the original. But every time, when everybody can clearly see that Cristiano Ronaldo has surpassed this man, no disrespect to the name Ronaldo, I know that he achieved, but I think we can all agree that Cristiano Ronaldo, if you have to compare, you don't have to, you do not have to, but if you have to compare, if you have to choose one, I think everybody in their right minds will go with Cristiano. So, wow. why then? Okay. Yes. I mean, you object. Um, me, I'm just the, I'm just the, uh, what do I call it now? I'm just the middleman who asks the question. So, of course, please okay. keep me with all your takes, please. Why not? Yeah. I'm open. Uh, sure, but uh, I, I, I don't think it's up. I, I, I honestly think this is one of those things that should be like rubber stamps. It's not, this is not for the baby. Cristiano has definitely surpassed Delima Ronaldo. That doesn't take anything away from Delima's greatness or its abilities. And I think it was really unfortunate with. Uh, those injuries, I, all of these cases were made in the article, and this was one of my uh, one of my favorites to write actually. But I just wanted to get out that point that you do not have to compare, but if you have to do, please stop using because the term the original Ronaldo at the point people were intentionally using it to demean Cristiano. It was not it no longer mm-hmm. was even about it no longer was even about Delima. Everybody just wanted Cristiano to know that it would never be. He was a teenager, and people would talk about Delima Ronaldo as the original Ronaldo. And if Ronaldo wasn't, if Cristiano that is wasn't as you know mentally strong, he probably could have, you know, cracked from that. Who knows? Maybe we will not have the the amazing career we've gone on to have. He has gone on to have if he had buckled under that pressure and. For him to go through all that and work because people use that term a lot. And even as a child, I used to be like, okay, there's another guy named Ronaldo who also happened to be good. But can you let this young guy that is doing something do his thing without breaking up the other one every time he does something nice? Like, if Cristiano Ronaldo scores a goal, he commented us since that was nice, but it wasn't the original Ronaldo. I have those <laughs> memories growing up and it used to mess with me. So when I, I don't even know what this was, I think it was a, I, I saw a post. On Twitter, actually, I think yeah, I think that was, I was just scrolling through this and I saw something along that lines. I was like, really? In 2021, people are still using this original Ronaldo nonsense. I have to write about this, and that was how the article was born. Mm. Speaking of the article, let me just quickly um, 
pick um, a few things, um, just a few lines. Um, Tunde wrote, and I quote, the only part where Delima Ronaldo outshines his younger namesake is with their respective national teams. Although, Cristiano may well be a multiple World Cup winner as well if he was blessed with the caliber of Brazilian players as teammates. Well, Tunde goes on further to write or ask. So, who's the better Ronaldo? Tunde asks, and of course, he answers his own question. Whichever one <laughs> won the Ballon d'Or five times, the highest scorer in Champions League history, having also won it five times. Well, um, let me back this up with, uh, or should I say, let me counter Tunde's opinion with, um, um, of course, a different perspective. And this is not mine. I'm just the middleman here. Uh, one man, of course, very popular, still playing football at the age of 40. His name Zlatan Ibrahimovic. According to reports in 2019, December, Zlatan was asked and replied, there's only one Ronaldo and he's Brazilian. Let's take it away from Ronaldo, whether the real one or the, uh, well, the one that came after the proposed real one. And let's quickly <laughs> touch on a few other things. I, I know I've taken Tunde out completely out of the itinerary that I sent to him, but I'm sure he had fun um, going through, um, going back in time to talk about yeah, I did. article. I did, yes, yeah, of really. course. And I would also like to point out that. Um, Zlatan is a 40 year old man that refers to himself <laughs> as a lion. So he refers to himself as a lion at, at 40 years old. So it's really probably not the best, not the best judge of. You are really tearing into people this this in this conversation. Anyway, uh, we're going to see what the reaction to um, this is um, is like. And speaking of reactions, of course, there's so much reaction as regards the drama over the season that has been happening in the Italian Syria, which is where we shift our focus to. By the way, if you have been focused on this conversation so far, you would have realized that Tunde Young, he's my guest on this episode of the podcast. You must have also realized at some point that I mentioned his Twitter handle, but in case you missed it, you can follow him on Twitter, Tunde underscore Young, Tunde underscore Young. Also, if you must have been paying attention very attentively, pun not intended or intended, however you like to take it, you must have heard a bit of turkey cackling or turkey noises. Yes, yes, we have some turkeys roaming around in the neighborhood in my area. So please bear with us um, if you as much heard the sound of turkeys. We move not from Turkey, but we move to Italy where we continue the conversation. A certain AC Milan is our bet for the meantime at the top of a table. However, um, they're closely followed by an Inter Milan that has a game in hand with 54 points. And AC Milan have 55. Napoli, after 25 games, have 53 points. And of course, there's a huge gap. Maybe not so huge, but it's a seven-point gap between Napoli in third place and Juventus in first place. Tunde, the drama in the Italian Serie A so far after 25 match days. How would you describe the Italian, what Italian club football has um, put on display for football fans to enjoy in the last, say, six months thereabout? Um, you know, this is without a doubt my favorite European league to watch, even though I'm ah. Yeah, I, I, I always preach the, the cultural gospel on Twitter every time. So um, I, I, I only really have one thought, and that is it's fantastic. It's still, I think it's still right now going by this is. I think it's still the most competitive um, league. I don't, I don't see any other, any other wow. five leagues where 
the top three are separated by two points. That's and Juventus, who everybody has counted as down and out, are just you know are, are not that far away from making making the return. They are back in the top four. They might as well if they have a powerful second half of the season and who knows what can happen, they might also be back in contention for the title as well. So um, I, I I really I, I really enjoy Italian football. It's just as uh, it's, it's pretty much as everything everything you like about the English game, but with you know actual competitiveness there's no matter that city yet to run away with things so you can just everybody has everybody has a, a, a fair shot at it and um, you know there are lots of lots of teams to root for Atalanta I think is everybody's um I think if, if you had to pick a you know a second or third team I think Atalanta would be there in, in, in the recording for for I think that's everybody's probably uh favorite um, neutral team let me use that term mm-hmm. um so let's let's have you let's um i'm sure you've had a lot of hot takes today um so let's have you bake a hot cake for us um and let's have you predict who do you think will win uh, um the italian city other season uh, will inter retain it or will their cross town neighbors ac milan snatch it right from under their nostrils or will it be a surprise um syria title win from um napoli um AC Milan have the strongest case, but they are also not a reliable team. I rooted for them last season, and and they, they, their season just peters out towards the end. I think they lose team. They play with so much intensity, and they, they lost team last season. I expect them to lose team again this season. Um, Inter are the, the, the best team to watch. But I like watching them. They play very well. Simon Inzaghi is doing a good job. Just basically. I tweaked the Conte uh, tactic and ran with it. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Just make certain modifications to it and keep it going. And it's been working quite well for them this season. And I, I really enjoy them as well. But I have to side with Napoli for Victor cement purposes. Um, Nigerians through and through. And I have to support the Nigerian guy. And they are, they are just two points behind um, AC Milan at the top of the table. So I expect that, you know, they, 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 they should be in there. At the peak of the season, we are still 25 games in, 13 games to go. So when we are when we are approaching April, May, we we'll start getting a clearer idea. But right now, I'm pitching my tent to Napoli. Ah, since you whoa, okay. Um, Tunde is really one of the very un irregular Joes as regards football that I have spoken to on this podcast. I have to mention that Napoli is still, is still pitching his tent with Napoli for now. Um, he's also saying that, well, um, the Portuguese Ronaldo should not be demeaned with the phrase the original Ronaldo. Um, even though somebody who is probably much, much older than Tunde will say, uh, well, Tunde is saying this because he did not watch the real Ronaldo. Well, let's not, let's not go down that lane again. I did watch him, but let's I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's not go down that. Oh, okay. Great. 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 Um, let's see who you're pitching your tent with in the Champions League. Uh, who do you think will win it? Final, finally, will Manchester City finally land their hands on the Big Air Trophy? Or will it be the Bavarians? Uh, can Chelsea defend it? What's your opinion? <laughs> I, th- I think it's Bayern. I, I think it's Bayern. Before yesterday, my pick was Real Madrid. But even if they do get past PSG in the second leg, um, what I saw yesterday has significantly reduced their, their stock, in my opinion. Mm. So I, I, I think right now, Bayern still has the best case. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm rooting for Chelsea as well as a Chelsea fan. But I, I think Bayern are the favorites. 
okay let's let's add one one more layer of juicy stuff to crunch um in this compilation of hamburger that we are creating as regards this conversation for the podcast um what is the what is the what does psg need I mean, everybody with, I mean, you talk to most people and they're like, they have some, some people mention Manchester City before they mention PSG, maybe because of the Guardiola factors. But then again, you look at the PSG side yesterday and you're saying to yourself, what is the missing piece of the puzzle for PSG to have to finally um, win with this crop of superstars in terms of the Champions League trophy? A decent coach. Someone that is not Mauricio Pochettino. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that. <laughs> I would you? <laughs> that was just hilarious at some point. I would you? You were yeah. about to expatiate it, yeah? Yeah, I, I, first of all, I, before I go on and state facts, I have to remove, separate my emotion from it and admit that I do not like him. But also, even if I did like him, he has proven with this team that he's not, he's, he's not, he's not capable of handling uh, a, a job of this magnitude. I think with this large array of superstars, you need. You need you, you, you need a, a manager that is very well experienced at managing big teams, and that is not. I, I don't think that is Pochettino right now. I think if they have Zidane, they will be run away. Messi, Mbappe, Neymar is supposed to be the best front line in football, right? That's that's it. There's no there's there's no excuses with that front line. But since they assembled them together, they've only scored 32 goals, and even those 32 goals, Mbappe scored 22 of those goals. That's that's it. That's it. That's like seventy percent of of the entire total. So the other two guys are not pulling that way probably because the manager has. Not, if Lionel Messi has seven goals in February, I think the coach should should take a longer look at himself. How does Lionel Messi have seven goals in February? And you are playing in French football and you are the coach. I I, I think I think you have to. I think yeah. I'm not absorbing Messi himself of the blame, but we all we all know what Messi can do. So I think Pochettino is the one that. That has a lot to prove here, and I, I, I think if they can get a, a, a manager that is, I've already given Zidane as, as an as an example. I'm sure there are a few more. Even Ancelotti will do a lot better with this team. And, but right now, I, I don't see them as. It doesn't mean they won't. It doesn't mean they can't get to the final or win it. I mean, they didn't make it to the final. Uh, was it in 2019? Or, yeah, 2020. They mm-hmm. Against Bayern, yeah. They went into the 2020 final, so there's no reason they can't make it to the final again. I, I, I'm just not very excited about it. I was excited when the team was assembled, but after watching a few games and seeing the travesty of Pochettino's tactics, I, 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 I admit that I don't like it. But also, this is a very informed take. I'm not, I'm, I'm not just talking, letting my emotions talk. I've seen, I've seen this guy line up his team and I wonder what's what is happening on this pitch right now. I do not it's, it's like almost like he just puts everybody on the pitch and expects them, okay, you guys are on the pitch, do your thing. And sometimes it works, but a lot of the times uh coaching is important. Even Mourinho is supposed to be washed up, I think he would he would make this team a lot more scarier and respectable. Okay, um, let's quickly bring this conversation to um, a, a close as we round up. Uh, we've taken enough minutes of um, Mr. Jundi's time, but let me uh, let me just bring one more question. Or should I say two? Um, yesterday, Messi missed the penalty, and of course, Twitter everywhere was a gog. Oh, Messi's finished. I should just retire after the season. 
a few days before this one, um, Ronaldo, of course, came up short in a few games, failed to score, and there was a lot of talk about Ronaldo and everything. For you, Tunde, uh, are these two players finished? Um, is it the right time to, you know, you know what, just retire, not even go to the MLS or China, just like basically lay low and just lay off? I mean, they've done enough already. Except for maybe not winning the World Cup, they've been there, done that. For you, should they go on for another season or two, or after the end of this season, they should. Just, you know what, hang this boat and um, leave while the vision is still at its loudest. Um, finish is a strong word. Um, are they at the level that we've, we've come to expect from them over the last 12 years? No. Uh, they, are, they are victims of their own very lofty standards. That's what it is. If you consistently score uh, average 50 goals on a 12-year period, that is insane. That that is insane. There's no. And uh, we have to uh, we have to recognize that that is not is not going to happen any longer. Just judge them by regular human standards i think yeah they are not they're not at the level that we've come to expect of them but they're not quite mls level either they they they, they, they will still walk into the starting level of pretty much every club in the world i don't see any club in the world signing ronaldo or messi and not using them based on based on current form yeah i think february january 2022 as a whole has not been very good for either of them uh to be honest but uh the, the quality they possess is undeniable ronaldo cannot run quite as fast anymore but he's still a better finisher than anybody at Chelsea. I know I would take him at Chelsea ahead of whatever Lukaku thinks he's doing. So I I'm, I'm I'm not even going to sit here and disrespect either of them with what they've accomplished over the last twelve years. It's not, it's not they they have a right to, to be tired. They have a right to be to you know to 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 drop in performances. Father time is undefeated. Ronaldo is thirty seven, Messi is about to be thirty five. So you cannot expect them to to still be at that all time Ballon d'Or level. Even though Messi literally just won a Ballon d'Or a few months ago. So uh but they are definitely not finished. Hello? One way or the other, um, Tunde just had to drag um, Lukaku into the conversation. Uh, I'm not sure Tunde is the biggest um, Lukaku fan around. I mean, we're talking about Ronaldo. I, one way. <laughs> I was talking you about. I'll take them. At, I'll take Ronaldo at Chelsea, and who would he replace in the team? It's obviously Lukaku. So even though <laughs> Ronaldo is 37, I'm taking the side of Lukaku. That's the point. Of I course, we are the same page. We are the same page. I know, but one way or the other. You had to still one, one somehow, somehow, somehow. You just still, even though, even though, you still <laughs> snuck Lukaku into the competition. Uh, it's all good. It's fine. I get the point. Uh, pretty, pretty loud and clear. Um, let's see. Uh, should Tuchel stay if uh, maybe for longer for you as a Chelsea fan? Um, what's your opinion? What's your take on um, how what he has done for Chelsea in say the last year thereabout? Yeah. I think a year and one month. Tuchel is untouchable as far as I'm concerned. Change whatever you want to change, just leave him. If someone comes in and makes that level of an impact within such a short space of time, it should not even be up for debate. It's not that sacking Tuchel should not be on the plans right now. I don't see. I don't see why this is even a topic for discussion because it's just literally won the club up. Took just to the Champions League trophy that nobody expected. Uh, Chelsea is in another final. If, if not for the gaff in the FA Cup final, probably would have won that as well against Leicester. 
So that is 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 not even I, I'm not considering it. And I, I hope Abramovich is not either. Um, there should be. You mentioned untouchables. Uh, let's see. How many untouchables are in Chelsea right now? Mm, okay. I'd say, apart from Tukul, I'd say Conte. Ngolo Conte, Messi, Mount. Although untouchable, untouchable for for the players, it's, it's quite different for the manager. But untouchable, but everybody has a price. I personally always say something that, okay, let me just disclose. I don't. I, I mentioned I don't like United, but Bruno Fernandes is one of my favorite players in the world. Uh, definitely my favorite player in the world. I always say there is no player at Chelsea I would not give up for him. But that's just my that's just my personal. That's the level of the price. But for players, that the price is very high. I, I think obviously the likes of Conte. Um, yeah, I can't say who else. Now that I think of it. Yeah, Kante, maybe Mount not for ability, but you know he's young and all that, and he has a lot of value right now. He can only improve, so yeah, I, I think I'll add him to that. But other than that, every other person can leave. To be honest, <laughs> I think Tunde is just like uh, Abramovich in terms of, you know what, anybody, yalla anybody can be fired, yalla anybody can get beat, yalla anybody can get knocked out if they're not bringing anything to the table. Thank you so much, Tunde Young. This is where we draw the curtain on this conversation on this um, episode of the first X Minutes podcast. Like I mentioned earlier, you can find Tunde on Twitter. Is at Tunde underscore Young. Tunde underscore Young. Um, I'm not sure. Is Tunde open to uh, maybe freelance writing for um, soccer publications? I mean, what do you do now? What are you looking forward to probably in the next few, next future? Maybe covering games, live reporting, I mean, for you, what's the what's the next big thing for you, and what are you open to? Um, right now, okay, I've, you've mentioned BTL. I've spoken about BTL extensively. I'm no longer mm-hmm. with BTL, um, and I work full time for Paul Sports actually. So, um, oh. so what I am, what I am open to, is it, it, it depends. It depends, but for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Um, I still get out my, I, I still write, I still get out my opinion. That's the only way I know how to get out my opinions anyway. I still get out my opinions in written or spoken from uh, for post mm. so right now. That's what I do. So, mm. uh, what I'm open to will be sorted out in the DMs when you reach out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm giving you the address to sort the conversation or to have a further conversation with Tunde so you can definitely reach out to him. Thank you so much, Tunde. Maybe one of these days when I'm in Lagos, I will definitely just pop in. Well, if that is allowed, to just say hello to you in person oh, and no, of course no, see... Um, no doubt, no doubt. What, wait, say what, I, see, I didn't ask. What team do you support? I was going to say watch a game together then I realized I don't know what, what team. <laughs> Okay, so basically, I am. Um, I, I like to tell people that I'm an AC Milan fan, even though at the end of the day, I watch so much football that at some point I'm following Hellas Verona for five weeks and then I dump them and I'm following um, Nice for the next four weeks. So I'm everywhere. I'm, I, I, I really, really love football so much so that we are doing the Copa Libertadores in um, in the morning on the 1 a.m. and then we are still preparing for, say, the Manchester Derby later in the evening before we go to um, the Stadio Olimpico to watch the uh, Roman Derby between Lazio and Roma. So it's here, there, everywhere, not forgetting Marseille, sometimes when they take on Lyon or sometimes when they take on PSG 
you. So, but at the core, I think um, been doing AC Milan since the days of Crespo, Maldini, Nesta, uh, Dida, the likes of Gattuso, Clarence Seedorf, um, Ambrosini. So it's for me, I think it's Milan at the core, not forgetting Cafu, of course. But then again, I have this affiliation. You know, some people say, this is the team I support. But then in this league, this yeah, is my support yeah, in that yeah. league. <laughs> so uh, I think that's just my kind of pressing ball. Core, core, deep, deep, deep has to be a similar. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that means we're, we're, we're fine. We can watch a game together as long as they are not in <laughs> I, I can take that definitely. One of these days when I'm when I'm when I'm in town, I'll definitely buzz you and and come to see what the magic that you guys are making um, at Pulse Sports. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, this has been the first X Minutes podcast. If you've loved or you loved what you've listened to so far, please reach out to any of us, myself, um, um, Tunde, of course, on Twitter. Very 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 active. I can tell you, very 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 active. And if you have loved what you've heard so far, please endeavor to leave a rating wherever you get your podcast episodes from spotify google stitcher anchor wherever you've listened to this episode so far this is as much as we can take thank you so much for your time shout out to tunde who is the um ever straight ever objective chelsea fan even though sometimes he lets his emotions get the best of him but then again on the overall i think tuli is a very very solid football fan for everything you're going to be doing in the days, weeks, months ahead. I hope it's profitable for you. I hope you stay safe. And most importantly, I hope you make the most use of your time because while life is incredibly long, yep, you heard that right. Life is also incredibly short. We'll catch you in the next episode of the podcast. Cheers. Bye, my friends. Say bye to our listeners. Bye, guys. Bye, bye guys. <laughs>